Well, first thing I want to do before we pass out anything or start anything, I want to say how thankful I am and so glad that you're here. Um, it's a blessing. Uh, I want to tell you something straight up. Your community needs you here. Uh, your country needs you here. Uh, your family needs you here. Your spouse needs you here. And so I am so thankful that you're here this morning and uh, investing in your walk with the Lord. Amen? And we have to. We have to invest in ourselves in our walk with the Lord. I, and uh, Brother Mike handed me this, and I'm not a super spiritual person. Uh, you hang around me, you'll figure that out real quick. But uh, I, saw, I looked at this uh, uh, bottle that Brother Mike gave me, and if you look at this bottle, it's got church stuff plastered all over the outside. I mean, this bottle is just plastered with church stuff. But you open it up, and it's empty. That's the way I've lived a lot of my Christian life. The outside plastered with church stuff. Positions, titles, activities, but on the inside, I was dying and, and starving to death spiritually. So uh, that's, that's a beautiful illustration of how I've lived a lot of my Christian life. And, I, and I'm not against church stuff, amen? But I'm telling you, if all we got is church stuff, we're in bad shape. We have to invest on the inside. And I'm so glad you're here. So, all right, so you can go ahead and flip over. And uh, the first thing I want to start, we're, we're doing the subject of spiritual reading. And uh, just some quotes here about reading in general, just about the practice of reading. And I'll go through, may not look at every one of them, but uh, here's some things that really jumped out at me. I thought there's, there's a lot of quotes out there on reading. Uh, I like this first one right here. It says, never trust anyone that has not brought a book with them. I thought that was pretty good, amen? You say, how do you interpret that? Don't get advice from somebody who doesn't read, amen? Especially the Bible. Can I get a witness there? Never trust anyone that has not brought a book with them. I like this next one. Reading is essential for those who seek to rise above the ordinary. And I think that fits everybody here. If you didn't want to rise up above where you're at, you wouldn't be here, okay? You want to get up above where you've been and where you're at. Reading is essential for that. I love this next one. Think before you speak. Read before you think. Amen. Uh, the Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 12, we're to renew our minds. And... Uh, how do you renew your mind? Number one, by reading God's Word and then reading other spiritual things. So uh, before you uh, let words come out of your mouth, make sure you're thinking right. Amen. Somebody made this a profound statement. Said it's better to remain silent and be thought a fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. Say amen right there. So think before you speak, read before you think. Uh, I like this next one right here. The reading of all good books is like a conversation with the finest people of the past centuries. Never met Jesus Christ, never met the Apostle Paul, never met John, but we've got their books. Amen? So we can still get in touch with them. I like this one. Today a reader, tomorrow a leader. Very good. A room without books is like a body without a soul. I like this next one. Wear the old coat and buy the new book. He said, if you got a choice and you're on a tight budget and you need a coat, but you see a book you want, he said, wear the old coat, buy the new book. I thought that was good. I, I like this. Napoleon, very famous uh, military leader, a very famous leader over in France. Days gone by, show me a family of readers, and I will show you the people who move the world. This is good. Children are made readers on the laps of their parents. Amen, that is tremendous. And this is my all-time favorite right here. The, I say the best till last. 
Outside of a dog, a book is a man's best friend. Inside of a dog, it's too dark to read. Praise the Lord. I felt something on that, brother. That's deep. I thought that was good. Let's flip over. I've got, that was just some quotes about reading in general. And uh, I got some quotes here just about reading the Bible. And uh, this, this first one right here, I want to uh, pound it pretty hard. It says, the primary purpose of reading the Bible is not to know the Bible, but to know God. I, I'm doing a series on the spiritual disciplines, the five disciplines, at my uh, Thursday afternoon discipleship class at the prison and I, I remind those guys fellas this isn't about being a better prayer this isn't about being a better faster this isn't better about being a better Bible read this the whole purpose is is relationship getting to know God better you know just I'm just going to bring it down where we all live uh, I would take my wife out to eat when we were dating, but the last thing on my mind was that hamburger. The last thing on that mind, my mind was that, was that plate of french fries. What I had on my mind was getting to know my wife better. The hamburger and the french fries was just a tool. It was just an avenue to get me, to help me know her better, okay? Bible reading, reading Christian books, it's not the purpose of checking off a list. It's to, the, the goal we're looking for is getting to know God and to know Him better. Amen? I like this one. The very practice of reading the Bible will have a purifying effect upon your mind and heart. Let nothing take the place of this daily exercise. Next one says reading the Bible can be like meeting someone you don't know who oddly somehow seems to know you deeply. <laughs> you ever sat down to read the Bible and the Bible turned around and read you? Amen? Boy, it knows us, doesn't it? The Word of God, it, it'll, it'll read us. I like the next one. It is, is impossible to enslave mentally or socially a Bible-reading people. The principles of the Bible are the groundwork of human freedom. Amen? I like this one. I started reading the Bible. All of a sudden, the words jumped off the page and became real. You can learn more, and this is a good one right here. You can learn more about human nature by reading the Bible than by living in New York. You want to learn human nature, study the Bible. I was joking around with somebody. It's like, it's like a Clint Eastwood mo movie. You get the good, the bad, and the ugly of human beings from the Bible. Uh, whether we are reading, the, the last one says, whether we are reading the Bible for the first time or standing in a field in Israel next to a historian and an archaeologist and a scholar, the Bible meets us where we are. That is what truth does. So wherever you're at in your spiritual journey, the Bible is going to meet you there. Now, before we go any further, I want to give you the definition of spiritual reading that uh, Pastor Mike sent me, and I, I liked it, so I'm just going to stick with it. And uh, you look down at the bottom, I gave him full credit for, the, for, this, for this quote here. Spiritual reading is learning to read all things, especially Scripture, with the mind of the Spirit, to discern how God is speaking to you. Okay, let's read that again. Learning to read all things, especially Scripture, with the mind of the Spirit to discern how God is speaking to you. Amen. When we read a book, whether it's the Bible or a book written by Someone, another Christian spiritual reading is, is, is discerning what God wants to say to me through this book, whether it's the Bible or another spiritual book. And again, that's by, this quote is by St. Michael of McLeansville, amen. Did y'all see, y'all catch that at the bottom? Mystic, monastic, and church fathers. Amen. So that is a quote, 
and uh, actually a definition that pastor gave me and I just decided to go ahead and use it. Amen. So let's go ahead and look at a few scriptures about spiritual reading. A few scriptures about spiritual reading. The first one I want you to see is in the book of Daniel chapter number 9. Daniel chapter number 9. And we'll read verses 1 and 2. Daniel chapter 9 verses 1 and 2. The Bible says right here, In the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, of the seed of the Medes, which was, which was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by the books the number of the years whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. Now, I wasn't there, but I believe the books that Daniel is referring to, I believe at that time what you and I have in our King James Bible, uh, the book of Jeremiah was actually divided up into seven or several smaller books. And he had been reading the books of the writing of Jeremiah and he said something took place when he began to read these books, he began to get understanding. Amen? If you want understanding about any subject, you've got to read. Amen? First of all, the Bible. I think the Bible covers just about every subject that, that you could name from raising kids to handling your finances to handling yourself. Amen. It covers everything. And so reading, uh, again, the priority is the Bible, but again, reading other spiritual books written by Christian people, the purpose is to get understanding. Amen. I'll be honest with you. We're, we're born into this world. We don't understand a whole lot. Amen. We're born again as Christians we don't understand a whole lot. And where can we go to get understanding? Reading. Reading books. Okay? Books, reading, they give understanding. The next one I want you to see is 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse number 13. Of course, these are what we call the pastoral epistles. Paul's writing to Timothy, a, a pastor of a church. And I want to read a verse here. And uh, I hope I don't start a fight, but I'm going to give a couple different uh, interpretations how different men interpret this passage. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse number 13. He says, Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. I was amazed when I began to look at this verse and begin to read what other people had written about this verse. Some people believe what Paul is saying is when somebody is up publicly reading the Scripture, pay attention, listen, open your ears, give attention when somebody is reading the Bible. I'm going to be honest with you, I've been saved since 1986. I've read this book heaven knows how many times. I have never interpreted it like that since Paul is writing to a pastor, I believe with all my heart, he's saying, Pastor, if you want to be effective, you better give attendance to reading. You better be doing some reading. You better be uh, uh, give diligence, give concentration, give focus to reading. And uh, I, don't, I hope I don't start a fight here. I, I, I don't think I am. But I was shocked to read other people's thoughts that they interpreted that as the saying when somebody is reading the scripture, pay attention. I don't believe that's what Paul's saying. I believe he's telling Timothy, a pastor of a church, a church leader, he said, give attendance to reading. And let me say this, if we're going to be what the Lord would have us to be, if we're going to grow, we're going to have to give attendance, give attention, 
give focus the words that Brother Mike up here, the, the, the intentionality and the focus and the, the, the discipline to reading. Okay, give attendance to reading. All right, let's flip over. We'll look at a couple more verses here. Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3, verse number 4. Look what Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus. He said, whereby when ye read, ye may understand my knowledge in the mystery of of Christ. Let me stop right here. I just want to make sure y'all are still awake. I thank y'all, but I just want to double check and make sure. How many of y'all have found that some things about the Christian life are mysterious? Just hard to understand, hard to grasp, hard to get a handle on. Amen. Uh, I got tickled at one guy. He, he was getting ready to speak at a conference. He said, I don't know how I'm going to fill up this time slot he said, I'm teaching on why does God allow suffering? He was making, obviously he was making a joke. He said, I don't know how I'm going to fill up time. But there, there's mysteries in the Christian life. Am I correct? How many of y'all found some things mysterious in your Bible reading? Amen. There's, there's mysterious things. There's, as, as Paul said, or I believe it was Peter said, there's dark things. Things hard to be understood. How can we get understanding? Reading. Amen. See, we're not, when we come up, and I, I want to give a, a, a picture here. When we come up to the banks of a river of a hard passage of Scripture, we're not the first one that's ever walked up to that creek. Amen. There's been other people that have walked up to that river. And God has opened up their eyes. God's opened up their heart and showed them how to cross over. Amen. So we can read after other people, read after other spiritual folks and, and gain wisdom and understanding in the mysterious things of the Christian life. Amen. And then let's go to uh, one more verse of Scripture. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 13. He says right here, of course, Paul writing his last words, he's in prison in Rome awaiting uh, the death penalty. He says, the cloak that I left at Troas with Carpus, when thou comest, bring with thee, and the books, but especially the parchments. Uh, somebody on this side, tell me, what do you think the parchments were? Somebody on this side of the room. Scripture, who says Scripture? Who says the Wall Street Journal? Who says? National Enquirer, no. The, the, the book, the, the parchments, I believe, he's referring to what? The Scriptures, amen, the Bible. He didn't have a complete Bible like we have. He had parchments. He had scrolls, amen. He says, bring the Word of God. What did, and he asked, uh, he said, bring the books, he said, but especially the parchments. So in our spiritual reading, this side of the room, what do you think takes precedence and what do you think takes priority? The Bible, amen? The Bible, that's our first priority in our reading investment. This side of the room over here, what do you think the books were? I gave y'all the hard one. Mr. Barnett in the back. Very well could have been. Very well could have been. Any other thoughts on that? Amen. How many other apostles were there besides Paul? Eleven. Judas was dead. Maybe they had some writings. I, I'm not 100% sure what all the books could have been. But uh, Brother Mike said it could have been his own personal thoughts that he had. That he took with him when he left here. So he said bring the books but especially the parchments, that lets us know that Paul wanted to spend his last days on earth doing what? Reading. Amen. It was that important. He was, he was facing a lot. He, he was witnessing, and he wanted to keep himself strong. He wanted to keep himself vibrant spiritually. 
And he said, I want to do some reading. He said, bring my books and bring my parchments. Okay, so my next section here is how do you choose spiritual reading material? And these, these are just some practical things, okay? Obviously, prayer is involved. Obviously, seeking the Lord's involved. But here's, here's some, uh, some good, uh, just some practical things on choosing a good spiritual reading material. First thing I put is recommendations. Recommendations. How many of y'all, and I'm not talking about an idol, I'm not talking about a little, a little G-O-D God, but how many of y'all have a spiritual hero that you look up to, raise your hand? Should be every, everybody in here. I ought to have a spiritual, a pastor, evangelist, missionary, uh, grandmother, grandfather. Ask them what they read. Amen. Somebody you look up to that you feel like is, is, is living a victorious Christian life, ask them what they read. Brother Mike, I don't know if you remember this, but uh, the president of Rock of Ages when I, when I joined the ministry in 1999 was Dr. Ron Garris. And one of the buzz things, he was a holy man, a, a godly man, a, a, a man that walked with the Lord, walked in the Spirit, and one of the buzzwords was, what, what book does Dr. Garris have in his briefcase? In other words, what's he reading? So get recommendations from spiritual leaders, godly friends, godly family members. Ask people that you have confidence in, that, that you feel like are living a victorious Christian life. Ask them, what have you been reading lately? What book are you reading now? Uh, what, what book are you engaging in now? Or books, plural. Amen? Recommendations. Now, I couldn't have put this in here 20 years ago, but we are living in the, uh, the technology age. Not only recommendations, but reviews. Get on Amazon. Get on eBay. You wouldn't. You, I'm, I'm shocked at times. I'll, I'll uh, I buy books for the guys at the prison, and uh, I usually I always ask them. I say, "Would you be offended if I buy you a used book?" There's a somebody on eBay. I don't know if it's a private individual, but it's called Thrift Books, and they sell good quality used books. They've got an eBay store. I get on their lot and buy books. You'd be amazed at what you can learn by reading reviews. You hear things like, you read things like, hey, uh, I was struggling with doubting my salvation. This book really helped me. I was, study, I was struggling with how to understand the doctrine of election. This book really helped me. Uh, I was struggling with, with uh, uh, end times prophecy. I didn't know what to believe. This book really cleared it up for me. I've been, and you hear, th you read things like, I've been a pastor for 13 years. This is the best book I've read on this. Or, uh, I've been a Sunday school teacher for 10 years. This is the best book I've read on this subject. So don't, don't be afraid of technology. Amen. There's a lot of evil out there. I, could I get a witness? There's a lot of wickedness out there. But look, at, if, if you see a book... Look at what other people are saying about it. Amen. Other Christians that have read the book. So look at recommendations. Uh, look at reviews. And then I got a list here of just what I call the reliables. These are some people that I've read after, continue to read after, that, that you don't have to worry. Now, let me just park right here. Probably 99% uh, of the books you read, you're going to have, there's going to come um, a place, uh, an intersection, where you have to chew the meat, spit the bones out. I just read, a, I just read that book, uh, finished it about six or eight weeks ago, the book on spiritual disciplines. I believe that guy, by denomination, was a Quaker. Amen? And so... You know, there was some things, it's a tremendous book, learned a lot, lot, got a lot of good help, but there was some things that I just had to cast off to the side because he and I didn't see eye to eye. And that's going to be with just about any book, amen? You're going to have to chew the meat, spit the bones out. But here's some that I found uh, 
through the years just what I call the reliables, okay? First one, Charles Spurgeon, Baptist pastor over in England. I believe back in the 1800s was his heyday. Just about anything you pick up, he's got a book on prayer. He's got a series of books called Lectures to My Students. Um, he's got a book, tremendous series of books on the book of Psalms called The Treasury of David. And he was a Baptist. Uh, my take from Charles Spurgeon, uh, he, he was evangelistic in his preaching. He talks about souls being saved. He talks about lost people being saved. I do kind of pick up, he leans a little towards Calvinism. I don't know if he was a, you know, where exactly he was on that. But overall, good writer, good things that'll help you. Okay, Charles Spurgeon. Next one, E.M. Bounds. But I do know he was a chaplain during the Civil War. He was a Civil War chaplain. Wrote a lot of good books about prayer. Uh, Actually, I've got, I think there's seven. Am I correct, Brother Mike? Is there seven of those books, I think? I've got little teeny tiny ones in a, in a set. You can now buy all six or seven books, five books, all in one volume. Okay, so tremendous books on prayer. Uh, A.W. Tozer, you can scribble this off to the side. Uh, I've got... A two-volume set of his books called, I think it's called The Works of A.W. Tozer. Then I've got a book called The Knowledge of the Holy. Tremendous book. Good writer. Next one, Andrew Murray. You can scribble this off to the side with Christ in the School of Prayer. Tremendous book. Anything you pick up by Andrew Murray, I believe it's going to be good. C.S. Lewis. I'm not going to be a hypocrite. I've... I've Never actually sat down and read any of his books from cover to cover, but he's quoted a lot. I've heard a lot of good people say good things about C.S. Lewis. Based on that, he made the list. Amen. John Phillips, I think my all-time favorite. Scribble this off to the side. Exploring people of the Old Testament. Fabulous, phenomenal. Off the chain, three volumes. I've got volume one. My father-in-law's got volume two and three. I borrowed his and saved me some money. Amen? Good books, exploring people of the Old Testament. Uh, another tremendous book. I found this at the prison library and, and grabbed it, took it home and read it. His commentary on 2 Corinthians is phenomenal. His commentaries on... Uh, Psalms, exploring the Psalms are phenomenal. Amen. John Phillips. The next one, Leonard Ravenhill, uh, wrote a lot about revival. Now, now I want everybody to look up here at me. Uh, I want to tell you something. I don't want to get sued. When you read Leonard Ravenhill, you better have a first aid kit nearby. Hello? I mean, he's rough. I mean, he, he, he doesn't, I'm not talking about vulgar, I'm not talking about off color, but I'm telling you, he cuts, and he cuts deep. Amen? And it probably wouldn't hurt to have a defibrillator nearby. Amen? Some of his titles, he wrote a book called Sodom Had No Bible. Read that. Uh, Why Revival Tarries. Tremendous, tremendous books, Leonard Ravenhill. James Alexander Stewart. He was a, a 20th century missionary, uh, worked a lot. Uh, Wales, I believe, England was his field. He wrote books like uh, Heaven's Throne Gift, tremendous book about the Holy Spirit. If you turn the page, uh, just a few more reliables. Alexander White does a tremendous job uh, uh, with biographies, biblical characters, uh, I like reading stuff about Bible characters. Amen. Matthew Henry, another um, reliable. Amen. Got a, I've got a six-volume six volume commentary on the whole Bible. Matthew Henry. This is probably one you've never heard of. Clarence McCartney. 
old school Presbyterian preacher, any book you can get by Clarence McCartney. It's usually going to be small, but I promise you it's going to be good. Uh, write this off to the side beside Clarence McCartney. He wrote a book called Great Nights of the Bible. Different things in the Bible that took place at night. Phenomenal book. Anything you can get your hands on by Clarence McCartney is good. Warren Wiersbe, uh, another familiar name. Anything you can get your hands on by him is going to be good. He's generally really not deep. Uh, one preacher said he, uh, Wiersbe's a lot. He's going to quote a lot of other people, but it's still good. It'll still help you, okay? Another one you've probably never heard of is uh, Joseph Parker. Uh, I've got a three-volume set of books by this gentleman called Studies in Texts. Not, not thumb texts, but Bible texts. Studies in Texts. And I, I can't remember much about Joseph Parker, but I remember reading those books years ago. Tremendous. Uh, Charles Finney, the next one, Charles Finney wrote a lot about revival, discipleship. He's got a book, good book called The Principles of Discipleship. E.W. Bullinger uh, wrote a tremendous book on numbering scripture. Uh, he, has a, he has his own study Bible called the Companion Bible. I don't have a copy of that, but uh, an inmate at the prison uh, got a copy. They're allowed to order books uh, up at the prison. He saved his money, got him a companion Bible, and I've aggravated him to death. I said, you wait till you go to sleep tonight. I'll get the officer to pop that door, and I'll get that Bible. Amen? But those are two books by him, numbering scripture, and then the companion study Bible. Clarence Larkin, last one, wrote a tremendous book on uh, uh, the spirit world. I think he's got a commentary on Daniel. Another book, Dispensational Truth. Uh, again, some of that you'll probably want to chew the meat, spit the bones. That's kind of a weird book. It's about this wide and about that high. Got a lot of drawing. Uh, Clarence Larkin was an architect, so a lot of his drawings are like blueprints. Pretty cool stuff, a lot of good stuff. Some of it you're going to want to uh, keep to the curb, though, but there's some good stuff in there that'll help you. So let's, uh, we'll use our last time, the last little section here, the practice of spiritual reading. The practice of spiritual reading. Um, first thing is planning. Amen? Planning. Uh, I'm going to take just a little bit of time here. So here... How many of y'all remember in the last, the election before last, we kept hearing about the glass ceiling? Y'all remember that? Miss Clinton, she's got to bust the glass ceiling. Amen? So uh, we're talking about the spiritual disciplines. Now I'm going to talk about myself just a little bit. Is that okay? Spiritual disciplines. Now, the glass ceiling for Charlie Russell in mastering the spiritual disciplines. I, I, I'm not like those stained glass. Praise God, I, I'm deluxe. I got a double pane. Amen. The, the glass ceiling for me is, is double pane. Number one is a, a lack of discipline. I know none of y'all are like this, but as soon as, you, as soon as I wrote spiritual disciplines up there, I'm already in trouble. Amen. Then the next thing that, that has been a glass ceiling, not only lack of discipline, but a lack of time management. Amen? Now, I know none of y'all ever struggle with these things. But I promise you this, if, if we're going to read, if we're going to uh, achieve our goals in being better readers, it's going to take planning. Amen? I wished I'd have brought, I actually gave some things to the guys at the prison. I printed off some daily planning sheets. Uh, you can get them free off the internet where your entire day is broken up into increments. But it takes planning, amen? What's the old saying? 
Failing to plan is what? Planning to fail. So look at your schedule. Uh, look at the high, the, high, what, the high stress peaks of your day when you're the busiest. Look at the less, uh, the less lower peaks of the day when you're not so busy. Look at your life. The book, of, the book of Proverbs says, ponder the path of your feet. Look at your life. Look at your daily schedule and plan you a time when would be the best time to read. I'm not going to tell you what town. I'm not going to tell you no names. I'm not even going to tell you where this uh, gentleman lives. I'm not even going to tell you what country he's in because I'm going to make sure I don't get in trouble. But I know y'all are going to laugh. But I'm going to say this very kindly. This gentleman's wife has got the gift of gab in double portion. Amen. She's like Elijah. She got a double portion. So you know when he does his Bible reading and his praying after she goes to bed. Amen. And you, got, you got to do what you got to do. Amen. And I'm not picking on women. I know men that have got the gift of gab. But you got to do what you have to do. And I know this gentleman personally. And he'll tell you. He says, look, I have to wait till she goes to bed. And once she goes to bed and things quiet down, then I can get my reading, my praying. So it takes planning. It takes prayer. Uh, ask God for uh, guidance. The uh, Bible tells us to number our days. I don't know about y'all. I don't have all day to read. Amen. I wish I did. I wish I had more time than what I've got now. A lot of these books that I mentioned, a lot of these authors that I mentioned, a lot of these sets of books that I mentioned, I was, I was able to read uh, intensely when I traveled internationally. I had more downtime back in those days than the days I'm in now being a chaplain. So it takes prayer. Ask God to guide you. What book, after you get your recommendations, your reviews, ask the Lord what he uh, would want you to read, what you'd want to invest your time in, because I think we're all busy. If you're busy, raise your hand. Amen. I think we're all busy, and we don't have time to waste. Amen. Ask the Lord. Privacy. Amen. What's, what's the biggest enemy of, of, I think, the spiritual disciplines? I think it's distractions. Amen. And, and, and God forbid, I hope, I hope I'm not preaching to anybody here. You may have a spouse with the gift of gab. And you may have to do like my colleague and wait till they go to bed to get some privacy. But it takes planning. It takes prayer. It takes privacy. And then I think this is a, a big deal if you want to turn the page over. I think posture is important. Amen. I think posture is important. Uh, I remember as a teenager um, flopping down on the couch and reading. But I think when, when we're spiritually reading, I think it's good to have a good chair to sit upright. Amen. To... You think about a book, you think about a book, uh, I'm just pulling a name out of there, Charles Spurgeon, pastor at a large church. We got pastors here. Uh, but in the midst of the demands of pastoring a church, in the midst of the demands of, of taking care of a flock of God's people, he took time to write a book. Amen. I think that deserves some respect, could I get a witness. Amen. Sit up, find you a good chair, sit up. And I think we absorb more when we're in the correct posture. And then the next one, and again, I think this is, uh, falls into all the spiritual disciplines. Uh, let me tell you my saving grace of this conference. I think this is my third or fourth one I've been here. Uh, I think my saving grace, without a doubt, is the statement Pastor made years ago, we're all beginners. Amen. None of us, I think, are masters because I may have had a great day yesterday and prayed and read and fasted and studied and got everything done yesterday. But guess what? Today it started all over. And the last thing I want to give you is just persevere. Amen. If you've, if you've fallen off the wagon, get back up. Amen. If you've never fallen off the wagon of the spiritual disciplines, I got two words for you. Just wait. If you've fallen off the wagon, maybe there's a time you used to read and you had a set time to read, you had a place and you were reading good and you've kind of fallen off, 
get back up, get back on the wagon. Amen? And that goes for all the disciplines. Don't get discouraged. Don't get defeated. Amen? I remember I was so tickled. Let me tell you all something about Charlie Russell and reading. Uh, I was not saved. I didn't get saved till uh, the summer before my senior year in high school. Brother Noah, I turned in the same book report uh, in all from 8th grade to about 11th grade. Amen. I, had, I just kept it. Amen. That was me. And I, I remember the first time I actually sat down and uh, Dr. Garris had, had uh, given us some books, a two-volume set of books called Portraits of Bible Men. And I know I'd, I'd read other books years before, but this just really burns my mind. Boy, I was so proud when I read those two volumes of books. Amen? Because previously, it had been a struggle. And I think it's still a struggle from time to time. Amen? But uh, just persevere. If you've fallen off the wagon, get back up. It's a battle. Can I get a witness? It's a battle. So just persevere. Uh, I, I've got a question that's already been presented. And so we're going to ask these questions. We'll start with Brother Charlie as the one to answer because you're, the, you're the, uh, the SME today on spiritual reading, uh, the guru of spiritual reading. So here's the question that's been presented. What scripture would Paul have called the parchments? So if he was referring to when he refers to the parchments to bring those, what, what scriptures do you think Paul might have had? Probably the Pentateuch, first five books of the Bible, uh, the prophets, probably the poetic books. I think he would have had access to all those. How, how heavy do you think, I think those that was, collections would have been? That's probably why he didn't have them in <laughs> to begin with. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. But that would have to be heavy. Yeah. I would say it would be a... A job. It wasn't an envelope. It wasn't a, it wasn't a jump drive. So, uh, yeah, I would say it'd be extremely. Weren't heavy. they written on uh, animal skins? Some of them, I think. Yeah. So, all right. So, so Paul's parchments that he would have been reading, the scriptures he would have been reading, would have been the Pentateuch uh, uh, and the, yeah, the first five books. Which the question submitted suggested those things as well. I think you mentioned uh, Daniel reading Jer Jeremiah. Jeremiah there. It tells us in Daniel 9. So, yeah. By the way, those uh, Old Testament books, I, it's not a redundant rhetorical question, rhetorical question, but I think it's important to say out loud that the Old Testament is still valuable to us today, right? Yes, yes. Let me uh, pose a, a question while you're out there still thinking. So... All right, Brother Charlie, and then, you know, for everybody, but I'll ask Brother Charlie first. How do you, how do you decipher or decide with all of the material to choose from, like even all the books that we just heard, how, how, how does a disciple of Christ decide, what do I need to read right now? Because i got a lot of good stuff. I've just heard a lot of good stuff. And, and we can get overwhelmed, especially people that are readers. How do I determine what to read right now? Man, that's, that's a good question. I think one thing, as far as I'm concerned, like uh, if there's a question that I'm dealing with, like maybe I've been posed a question by somebody or I've got a question in my mind, I'll seek out books on that subject. Um, sometimes I get into... Uh, like a particular author, get get on the path of a particular author, read something by him, and just stay on that path. And then, uh, like, I know you're an avid reader, and uh, the uh, I'm working on, I just, I finished up the um, Celebration of Discipline. I'm over halfway done with Wild at Heart with John Ortberg, so recommendations. So, John Eldridge. Who did I say? John. There's I was close. A lot of Johns. So anyway. Um, Always make sure you go to the right John when the time comes. <laughs> Got to have the right John. So anyway, um, I think it, your spiritual need, your own spiritual need at the moment, maybe questions you've been asked, recommendations. Um, I tell you another thing, just uh, areas that you're lacking in. 
an area that you're lacking in, if you're lacking in knowledge of basic theology, you know, get your theology book or a book on systematic theology. There's a lot of different ways. Any of you guys got something to add to answering that question? Yeah, I would just add, you know, maybe stuff that's relevant to what you're going through right then. So, yes. like, if we're staying on a particular message or subject matter at the church and, you know, that's been that's been the messaging that's going on for some time, a lot of times I'll try to find books that coincide with that because then what I'm hearing on Sundays and Wednesdays, then what I'm reading throughout the week, it's just, it's it's keeping me in that same frame of mind and it's growing me throughout the week. And then, you know, so when I was getting ready to get married, read a lot of marriage books, getting ready to have children, read a lot of parenting books and, and different things like that because those were the things that I was living in at that point in time. So never read a book on being a good grandparent because I'm not there right now, but I'm sure that there are some out there and I'd pick them up, you know, when that time comes. So it's more interesting and helpful to pick up something that you're dealing with in real time that you'll be more likely to stick with it because the stuff that you're gleaning is stuff that you can then turn around and put into practice right now. I want to follow that point by saying that a good way to also know what's a good thing for me to be reading right now is to listen to the wise voices in your life. Well, not always the wisest voices, but listen to the voices, the people that are speaking to you. So you, you, you go through this phase where you keep hearing somebody say a name, a, an author's name or the title of a book, and you're like, man, I keep hearing that, I keep hearing that, I keep hearing that. That could very well be God pushing you toward that message. So that's a good way to decipher uh, how to pick something to read right now. One thing to keep it from not being a chore in reading is what, what's, what's motivating you right now? What's in the message that maybe the pastor is preaching on that just kind of sparked an interest? Find a book about that, whether it be heaven or angels or wh whatever it may be, something that, you, that, that you're interested in so it's not more of a textbook for you to read but something that you're actually uh, wanting to know more about. Um, and then also... Uh, I have a lot of people that always suggest books to me, and I, I'll write it down regardless if I plan on reading it right then or not. That way, in the future, if I'm looking, if something piques my interest and I want to look at something or read something, I go back to that list and I find out the, the people that I, I give credit to, I trust their recommendations. Mm -hmm. uh, I've got those, I got that list to what they would suggest me to read and I also I'll text somebody that I, I trust a recommendation hey what do you know you know what books do you know about this topic you know that, that I've always got somebody I know uh, in certain realms and that I know they're professional in that certain aspect and I'll ask them what do you suggest you know what, what would you you know give to someone that doesn't know anything about you know whatever you know counseling or something let me add one more thing and I want to be careful how I, how I word this, but there was a just a nagging in my heart for years because I had no grasp on what the Minor Prophets was all about. And you can call it a niggling, you can call it a nagging. Uh, was it the Holy Spirit? Probably. Just kept bringing it to my mind. And I finally broke down, bought a book, did a study, went through the Minor Prophets, read on them, dug into it, and I guess that would be a follow the nigglings. <laughs> so when you uh, get a niggling you get a or niggling, you get the willy tingles, that's a sign. <laughs> that's a sign to read. I, I, said, I, I didn't know quite how to word that. Was that the Holy Spirit? Just kept bringing that to mind. I don't know. Was that a personal hunger in you know, I, I don't know, but I do know this. It, I think it was something that I definitely needed to do. And um, so. It sounds like desire led to intentionality, which led to transformation. Yes. So it sounds like a spiritual journey. It was a spiritual journey. It was a good spiritual journey. Just back to what Noah said earlier, to be a good place to throw this in, and then you've got a question. But Noah's uh, example of what he's been reading about, you know, uh, reading how to eat your Bible and, and reading differently, brings up again that subject of seasons. They're seasons. So the one thing I would conclude that whole question with is 
something may not resonate with you right now. You hear, you hear somebody talking about this and you try it and you're like, you know, I, that's just not, I'm not getting it. It's okay, shelve it. Don't worry about it. But, mm -hmm. but don't necessarily write it off as not of God or not good because it may be a season in your life that will come when that book will really be a help to you. And so that, I think, is helpful to say. Who, who has a, a question that's came up? You have one? Go right ahead. Okay. <laughs> you mentioned the element of busyness and time, and I know that when it comes to reading, that's something a lot of people struggle with is finding the time for it. So I was curious, what are some practical ways that you find the time to incorporate reading it like your everyday life? Because I know that's probably a struggle for a lot of people. I think it just has to be scheduled. You have to sit down, and like I said, I've, I've got... I bought a $40 daily planner. It's, it's, it's not real thick. It's just big. When you open it up, it's like this big, and it's got every day. It's lined up like a, a daily increments every 30 minutes or so, and you just have to plan it. You have to plan your time. And it's, it's for me, I don't know about anybody else, it's, it's a challenge. It's similar to when I teach Schedule. on solitude this afternoon. And I, this is a good time to make this point in case I forget later. Solitude is not a time for reading. You're, you're, you're not in solitude when you're reading. You've actually invited somebody else into that time. But what's similar about it is, I think, for both your solitude or your spiritual reading, it has to be the time where you are the most free, least distracted. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're a morning person, that's going to be it. You know, some people are not morning people, and, and I don't understand you, you know, because you, you come to me. If you call me at 8 o'clock at night, and, and Lord help us if you call at 9 o'clock at night <laughs> and expect me to be able to give any kind of counsel or guidance, you're, you don't know what you're liable to get. But so the mornings work well for me for these types of things. So I think that's a one key thing. When are you the most free and least likely to be distracted? Those are the target times to do that planning. Yes. I'd say this too, Brother Noah. Ask people advice, get insight, but you got to do what you got what works for you. I mean, you're young, you know, like Brother Mike said, uh, eight o'clock at night, I'm done for the day. <laughs> but you know, I, I remember when I was young, you know, it wasn't nothing to stay up till till late. So what may what may not work for me may work for you. So you look at where you're at and you do, you do what works for you. I like Louis L'Amour at night. It doesn't require as much out of me. Um, I'll say this. Don't, don't be afraid to, to, to tackle a big book or a volume of books. Um, even if you don't have much time, if, if you just read four pages of a book a day in a year, you can get close to around 1,500 pages read. That's a, that's a large book. Or that's a volume of two or three, 400 pages books. Uh, don't, don't be afraid to think you have to read a whole chapter when you're reading. Set aside 10, 15 minutes in the evening or in the morning or at break and say you're going to conquer one book during your lunch break or during your, your 15 or 10 minute break you have at work or at nighttime before you go to, go to bed. Four pages a day. Four pages. And you'll, you'll get through some you get through some nice books that way. And, and that way, also, when you're not reading a whole lot out of a, a deeper book, you can chew on it. You can meditate on what you read uh, until, you know, the next day you, you pick up on it. And it gives you kind of a desire also to, you know, what else is in store for me today, when, you know, when I get to the book. Um, but you can, you can do a lot in just four pages a day. I think, too, though, with if you're trying to combat the busyness, find the time to, to read it goes back to that intentionality you have to look and see where your hours are going and that's the hard thing to do is to as much as as much as planning and scheduling the time forward a lot of times you might have to back plan a little bit too and say okay where did my time go yesterday where's where's my time going today because yes everybody is busy everybody has stuff to do but there's at least I have found in my own life there was a lot of stuff that didn't necessarily have to be done or that I was choosing to kill time with in various places that by the time you 
trim a little bit here, cut a little bit there, you're like, wow, okay, I've actually got a lot more time. You know, carving 30 minutes out for this isn't nearly as much of a chore as what I thought it was going to be because, you know, I've identified some areas of waste there. So that would be a good starting place, too, is find what can you cut, what, what is non-essential in order to provide you the time to do what you actually need. Who else? Anybody else with a question on the topic of spiritual reading? <clears throat> Mine more is uh, more of a spiritual retention, just uh, reading what you're, you know, retaining what you're reading, if any book. Um, you know, obviously you read a lot of the good things, and you're like, man, this is great, you know, and then you read the next chapter, and the next chapter, and you kind of start, you know, kind of goes in one or not the other, and you, you don't want it to be that way. You want it to retain it. You want it to just wish you could just read the get the content in your brain, but it's, you know, it's, it's not. it's not that way. So I guess my question is more, I guess, other than just reading and rereading and reading the same topic and book, you know, what are some ways to uh, retain more, keep it locked away, keep it, you know, where it don't just drift away? I wish I'd have written the date, but uh, my wife keeps American Family Radio on all the time. One of the, uh, oh, man, I'm having a senior moment. I am the oldest one up here. Um, Well-known Bible teacher. Uh, right, just written some books on prophecy. Uh, man, my mind's drawing a blank. But uh, he taught a lesson on writing stuff down. And he actually had some scriptures and had some things from different Christian leaders in the past. And it was phenomenal. Right now, I can't even remember his name, much less what date it was. That he, that he taught that lesson. But man, it was phenomenal. And brother, that does help if something strikes you as important. Uh, write it down. Journal it. Notebook it. And writing it does help you to retain. Uh, if it's something that you really could use like in your witnessing or something, write it several times. Memorize it. Uh, but let me say this. One thing I had to learn, um, we just had a week of conference last week, and that was just last week. But if you put a gun to my head right now and said, tell me every sermon that was preached, I couldn't do it. It's impossible. On the other hand, I couldn't tell you what I ate last week, but I do know this. What I ate last week kept me alive physically. And what I ate spiritually last week kept me alive spiritually. It's not a crime that you don't remember what you ate physically. And it's not a crime that you don't remember what you ate spiritually. Because you're not going to retain everything. But do know this. What I've read in times past, my Bible reading, my prayer time, my, the books that I've read fed me and kept me alive to this point so that's my advice number one write it down that'll help and number two don't beat yourself over the head because you're not going to retain how old are you if you don't mind me asking or it gets worse I just turned 55 it gets worse so but you keep on reading keep feeding your soul but I, I promise you this you may not retain it up here but it's keeping this alive what, what you've got on the inside well David Jeremiah guys just popped in my head he looked he did a tremendous lesson on writing stuff down it was good sorry about that <laughs> best laugh we've had all day a uh, couple Praise of things you, you might want to ask yourself <laughs> first what's, what's causing you the distraction um uh, that would be a thing you need to ask yourself. Uh, secondly, uh, is what you're reading worthy of your time? Uh, there's some books out there that, I mean, it's just not going to ca catch your attention no matter how, how hard you, you try. Uh, you may just have to put it down and find something else. But then also, uh, as I said again, you might want to switch up, read 10 minutes of that one book, go to something else and read something, and then come back to it to keep your mind more focused on what you're doing. Um, you may even have to stop, find out where you're at in that book that you last remember what you was reading and go back 
put it aside and then reread what you don't remember reading. Um, a lot of times uh, we, we do this, especially in our Bible reading. Uh, we, we can get so used to it. But um, Dean, will you please step out in the foyer and, and, and assist? Okay, now we're back. Go ahead. Bible reading, yeah. We, <laughs> we can get back. We, can, uh, we, we do that quite a bit in our Bible reading. At least I, I have noticed that in my, my own life uh, because we've read it so many times and, and it's, it's every morning or every whenever you devotion is, yeah, it's that same time every day. Um, sometimes you just need to pray and ask God, look, Father, I just I can't concentrate. I need your help. Help, you know, have the Holy Spirit give me what I need to, to focus. Um, and then sometimes you're, the, it, it may be something going on in your life, uh, that question what's making you not focus. It may be something that's going on that you need to deal with, that you need to take care of, whether it's another person, uh, family uh, issue, or maybe a spiritual issue that you need to go ahead and take care of. Uh, but that, those, those questions need to be answered, and, uh, and you may have to switch up different things, uh, switch books or, or even switch time slots. Yeah, I would just add, as far as, especially after writing it down, but then talk to other people about it. You know, share what you're reading. If something, you know, like you mentioned, something grabs you, oh man, this is good, but then by tomorrow you read something else and something else has grabbed you. So if something grabs you today, you know, you'll hear this word used a lot today, I'm sure, but, but community, have, having that community of people that you can go to and say, hey, I read this today, this resonated with me, this was an important thing, because the act of talking through it also helps to solidify it into your mind later. So you're being a help and an encouragement to them, but even if they hear it and are like, oh, okay, yeah, that's, that's cool, that's nice, and then it doesn't do anything for them, just the act of engaging in that conversation with somebody helps to solidify it more into your mind as well. Now you know why preachers talk so much. It's okay, you can grin, but it, there's a lot of truth in that, right? They, they don't even know what I'm talking about. They've already fell asleep while you were talking. They're ready for a break. <laughs> not, not your fault. I'm just saying it's been sorry. a long hour and a half. I get it. All right, I'm sorry. Anyway, uh, any other questions? Have we got time for one more at least? Any others? Okay. I want to pose something then that we may not have a lot of time to unpack, but at least we'll, I'll give it to you, Brother Charlie, since this was your session. And that is this. Can you say a word or two about how these principles apply to all types of media consumption? Like applying the principles of spirit. So the definition of spiritual reading is, is trying to consume it with the mind of the spirit to discern what God is, how God is speaking to me. How, how do you see that as applying to all other types of media consumption? And where are the limitations on that? Or, or just what you pops mean up in your mind? other spiritual media like well I mean any media like you know you're watching television you're 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 looking at social media you're whatever do, do, do you see the application of those principles there I won't be totally honest I never have okay anybody else not as far as like uh You mean like if you if you're if you see something on the news or you see a documentary, how could you apply that spiritually? Or so I guess let me rephrase the question: Can I develop this as a discipline to to where I have the capacity to even if I were watching a movie or I were reading? Yeah, a okay, I got you. I got you. Yes, I think so. I think. Uh, I hope. This is the direction you wanted to go. We watched an old um, black and white. Those are the best. Black and white Humphrey Bogart movie, and the, uh, the 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 gold of Sierra Madre, I think, was the name of it. And these guys spent their whole life trying to acquire this gold. End of the day, they lost it all. And I never forget a statement this guy said. He said, "You know what?" He said, losing all this gold wasn't near as painful as I thought it would be. And man, that hit me. You know, we, we dread 
the storms of life, we dread problems, we dread health problems, we dread financial problems, we dread marriage problems. But you know what I've learned when you've got God inside of it? It's not near as bad as what you thought it would be. Is that what you're getting at? I mean, yeah, that, was, that was a spiritual application that, that, I, that I drew from that. And I think the flip side of that is by developing that discipline of spiritual reading. So if we use reading and we define it as the means of, of uh, receiving and processing information, okay? So yeah. then we could apply it to any type of consumption we're doing. But we, we develop the discipline of doing these things with Christ. Literally, I'm doing this with Jesus because Paul said, whatsoever you do, whether you eat or drink, whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. And, and I think the, 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 the backside of that will be the discernment of when to withdraw from those things and say, you know yeah. what, this is not, I cannot, I cannot consume this with Jesus. This has to be left off. Mm -hmm. I think that would be the flip side of that.